and welcome back to Green Planet Blue Planet podcast. My name is Julian Gudelai and I finally got my hands on all the episodes we produce in the jungles of Costa Rica with the Freedom Culture Camp, the Freedom Culture Mastermind and podcast. So for the next few episodes, without further ado, I get to present to you all of the superheroes and Freedom Culture Masterminds out there that I had a chance to interview. Uh, today we're starting with Kevin Orslan. So let's just jump right into the goods of this episode. Kevin and I are talking about communication and what it means to be a man in this fast-changing world. Have fun. Yo. Look who's gathered in the podcast booth. This is our sixth day of production. Right now here with me at Freedom Culture Podcast. Mm. It's Kevin Orslan. My name is Julian Gudelai. We both run a podcast. We're both freedom culture superheroes. And I can just say it's epic to be here. Welcome, 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 Kevin. Thank you, Julian. I <laughs> love what you do. I love the vibe. I roasted you yesterday morning for yeah. being German. Definitely and did. an awesome person. <laughs> That's what happens when you spend time with people in the jungle, I guess. Like, you're just barefoot. So either literally you get naked and, and take a mud bath or you get naked and you're visible to others. I think it's one of the things yes. that truly connects us, that we both know the power of connection and the power of vulnerability in that connection. Yeah. Well, vulnerability is like the new source blood of whatever we're doing here, like freedom culture, new paradigm, earth. Like the, the leadership specifically and really the, the power of co-creation is determined directly by the level of transparency and vulnerability. Whereas in the old paradigm, it was all based on deception and power. Totally. Right? And that actually mirrors the Piscean Aquarian age. Like the Piscean age, Pisces is all about illusion and deception and hiding in the deep water. And Aquarius is all about bringing the power to the people. Bringing the power to the people. You're such a like mythological philosopher. Oh, you, you could keep going like forever. More. This is going to be another one where we want to have like a two or three hour sit down actually to record. Easily. Easily. Just to like unfold lots of really, really uh, good knowledge and wisdom and insights, I guess. Kev, we just had a, a full week of awesome and also challenging, mm. including like multiple personal, I wouldn't even call them breakthroughs, but evolutionary like eruptions. Sure. You just went through one of those yesterday morning. You shared on stage with everyone your most sorcery, sarcastic side. <laughs> sarcastic sorcery. That's a great title for it. I may have to hit you up for that trademark. Sorcery, sarcasm. So just, just, just tell me how you're feeling. You look like you're glowing, man. Yeah, I feel so good. Like basically to provide context, like at this event last year, shout out to Mystic Misfit, the other brand I'm a part of, like, we were opening the stage every morning with like bioenergetics, ecstatic dance. We call it Mystic Dance Temple, like epic movement, like vibes. And that's what I had told Mark and the squad I was going to lead, right? So they put me on 9 a.m. Saturday morning yeah. for primal bioenergetics, which is going to be like a wellness breathwork kind of thing. Fast forward to me Friday night, setting my intention at the beginning of the night for ecstasis. Ecstasis being like the Greek word for ecstasy, which is not like the party club drug, but is deep embodied bliss and like revelation. It's actually like a, a spiritual experience. And I'd say I'd had that because I went all night long dancing and drinking tea and freestyling and connecting <laughs> deeply with men and yeah, women. Yeah, I saw you there. Yeah, we were there and it was fucking epic. 
And then like halfway through the night, I was just joking because I've been doing this like sports center impression of like, what if announcers like broke down these conscious events and all the absurd ultra spiritual bullshit that gets said and done. And I was like, maybe I'll just do that. And, oh no, it's like, now it's like a conscious comedy roast, like Comedy Central. And so halfway through the night, I was like, yep, that's what I'm doing. And my whole squad, you know, shout out to the Art of Choosing Love. We like stayed up all night and ended with that set. And I walked up there exhausted and not knowing what to say or do and just improv like almost, you know, 80 minutes of personal roasts and sarcastic sorcery. And I feel like a new part of my career just came online yesterday. Yeah, and it felt like it too. That's the curious thing. So when you're in a mastermind setting with 100 people for a week long, automatically some skills will get unlocked or, you know, proliferated and, and become more by design very often. And in this case, like you started drawing a crowd into you that was already present in Vision Festival here, but came to the Freedom Culture Camp. And it was very curious to watch because I could tell that you had multiple exit moments where this could have been great after, after 30 minutes and it's a nice share, you know. But because you kept going and pushed into this extension, you were even invited to continue to go. It was like you literally erupted into a new element of yourself, which yes. having seen you at the beatbox with teapots party before Friday night, it felt like a like a gradual normality that you're arriving at. Yeah. It's, it's always been there, honestly. Like, I've always done it for friends. And actually, was, you know, to get vulnerable is one of my coping strategies as a young boy at school was to become a class clown. So teachers either loved me or hated me because I was yeah. super intelligent, but I wouldn't do any of the work. And then, you know, to get love from, the, from other people in the form of attention, you know, I learned how to be super sarcastic and, and I learned timing. And I've also been a student of stand-up comedy and do, I've done this for small groups. And it was actually a lot of the light leadership squad, especially Anna and Diana. I want to shout out them because they really encouraged me like, dude, this is gold. Like it kind of first came about in Boulder in December at one of their events. Mm. And I was just doing like, you know, sarcastic, super funny, ultra spiritual breakdowns of like deep healing work, but like making it funny, like an ESPN sports center announcer was, you know, calling it. I think that's brilliant, man. I think looking just into my own life, I need more humor. Mm. You know, it's, I don't want to blame it on conditioning of whatever nationality or, or, or archetypes sure. of characters. I just believe me as a human, I've observed myself too often be too serious about oh. something that six months later didn't matter whatsoever. Right. And all I really wanted is an access to laughter and connection. Yes. And humor on a like spiritual ego breaking kind of level for mm -hmm. me is like, there's no hiding. And that's truly the age of love and tolerance and transparency I really truly hope we're going into yeah so I want to ask the vulnerable child in you because I know that there is a vulnerable child in all of us yes. you said you had this coping mechanism as a boy how did you in your own words grow out of a hurt child or like a defensive child into knowing when to stand your your ground as a man mm. and if you want to take off with it and, and, and when to also be okay to be with a brother or, or a woman and, and be seen in, in the vulnerability of, of our childlike innocence yeah beautiful question um, for me you know I wasn't so much of a, a wounded boy as I was an avoidant boy so I spent a lot of time alone I became a loner very early because I didn't know how to connect and then I felt like an alien honestly mm. and so I found my home in fiction and science fiction and fantasy and 
books. Like I just read so many books all the time. And then when I got introduced to video games and board games, that was my home. And yeah, those hurt parts were really like isolation and loneliness and feeling um, separation and wanting to be part of the community and not knowing how, especially with other boys. But I learned how to mask it. So I played sports, you know, I played soccer very young and I got into American football. Then I played soccer again in high school. And that's you know, a fun fact I didn't know. I yeah. love soccer. I played soccer for like oh, 15 years. Yeah. I can tell you got the physique for it. Yeah. I played midfield. Um, and you know, like connecting with those men, I just, I just chameleoned. It became from avoidant and I couldn't avoid because I was on a team mm. or in a, in a squad, you know, I learned how to become a chameleon. So I'd mimic and, and turn into the people around me to be accepted and loved. And as I went through life and grew into, you know, partnerships and started dating and had all these girlfriends that broke my heart open, mm. I would dump vulnerability on them. But then that backfired too, because I became so <laughs> vulnerable that it formed like, you know, the mother-child relationship and the mother-father wounds and like this weird energy of like, you don't want to like have passionate, epic lovemaking with someone who's, you know, as vulnerable as a child when they're in a grown man's body. Well, at least not all the time. Yeah, that's something that can also be held space for. I, I totally could not relate more with your story there. To be honest with you, it's like it's incredible. Like, I went through a very similar pattern of being a chameleon, and as a chameleon, like turning into the other people, and right. and then from there forward, with all kinds of deflection techniques. Yeah. So that's the the breaking point when you realize if you dump too much on your partner. She's not your fucking therapist because exactly. you, don't, you don't want someone to be your everything. You want that partner no. for a specific, beautiful reason. Yeah, and we, and we evolved in a village and a tribe and a social context. So the silos that are created around men and women and marriage and, and monogamous relationships and, and corporate enterprises and boardrooms, these, this siloing that happens in the modern world is very antithetical to how we evolved. Yeah. And so it shouldn't be surprising that suicide, depression, addiction, and violence are emphasized and we hear it proliferating. It's because, yeah, no one woman is able to hold, like even able to, let alone do they want to hold all of that. And so to answer your original question, you know, it took a lot of heartbreak and pain and fucking ego annihilation to, to flip me into a space where like, if you're always a chameleon, you never are fully yourself. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing more painful for a man and for any human really, but men have a different energetic embodiment to not stand for something. Yeah. Huh. I, I, I like what you're saying. It's, it's very powerful because know thyself was my, my, my answer medicine that came up a long time ago and keeps being smacked in my face by different forms of teachers and people in my life. Socrates, man, the OG of the Western philosophical tradition, yeah. wrote that on the, the gateway to his academy in Greece. Know thyself. Because really, when we, when, when we know ourselves, not just do we attract like the right partners or the, the circumstances that are most favorsome for our sexual expression that we desire, right? But we're, we're, we're like so rich in gifting into the community that we that, that we live in so right. maybe uh, let me ask you at this point like little side question here what is freedom culture it's freedom culture for you yeah freedom culture for me is like the antidote to traditional hierarchy where your freedom is constricted in that model it's called game a 
And expression is actually looked down upon, especially if that expression is so powerful that it threatens existing structures. Freedom culture to me is like the most expansive structure possible. I think it still needs a structure. Like complete freedom is chaos and just looks like, you know, a wasteland of human values that where there's like nothing to be created because there's no container to hold it. But freedom culture is a much more expansive container and culture that is big enough to include the full expression, let us call it positive and negative, of each member. And then there's context to unite that in purpose and vision. I think that's huge. Wow. I hear you there. What I'm experiencing at Envision here is because freedom culture as a context is that, and Envision as a context is that at a, at a larger level, there's like a double convergence of like vortexes within vortexes mm. and a, a few thousand people in the mix and, and some music right. moving all of our bodies is, and boom, you're, you're in a complete new state. You could call it 5D or quantum mm. field or homomorphogenetic field or resonance. Right. I think it's, it's truly impossible to be here for three days and not believe in humanity. And, mm. and, and it's powerful collaborative ability. Yes. That, that's what I believe festival culture actually is. And Envision is in my top five. And I'm somewhat well-traveled in the festival scene. Like mm -hmm. These containers, and this one's unique, right? Because we get to bring a mastermind from an eco-village into it. Yeah. And we get to carry this energy and this flag. These containers are models for new earth civilization. They're little mm. micro-fractal templates and models for the new earth civilization. Yeah. And, you know, places like Burning Man model it even further with a gift economy. Like the only things you can buy at Burning Man are coffee and ice. Everything else is a gift. And, you know, here you can buy food and merch and it's awesome. And I'm going to buy some. But, you know, we get to demo new economic strategies. We get to demo new societal strategies. We get to demo new permacultural and earth building strategies, right? Because there's all this epic like food forest here and structures that are permanently built in the permaculture principle design. We get to demo new relational and sexual strategies here. A lot of people here are in experimental phase with their body, their mind, and their spirit. And that's why this place can hold so much energy. And I think you're right. It's hard to be here and not be an optimistic. <laughs> yeah, man. So let's circle back into like sexuality and how the like herd boy or avoidant boy turns into the masculine king of, of his own choosing and is able to authentically stand one's ground. Because I know that's a topic that you're a, a wordsmith, wordsmith with. I really like mm. fe feel your ability to articulate your own experience. Um, I agree. At a festival like Envision, people are in an experimental stage of their life. And it boggles my mind that marriage or the union of, of the sacred union of sexual, um, yeah, energetic cultivation in that sense is both really working for a lot of human beings and also currently on this planet failing quite a bit because True. people are, it, they don't know themselves in my eyes, you know? Right. They, they don't dare to experiment to see what could come out. Maybe even go through the dramatic experience of living your own fantasy for a weekend and then being able to catch it with however poor your reaction might be. Sure. Because yeah. living our own dreams and fantasies is both exhilarating and fucking scary. Yes, but how would you ever know unless you have spaciousness to experiment? And this is, this is why, you know, the 60s, which was the first rupture of plane, right, in the West of yeah. what we're living into now, this is, this is what I might call the third or fourth wave of that 
revolution in consciousness. Totally. And it centers around some pretty core tenets, sex, drugs, and rock and roll is what they called it back then. Now it's maybe Tantra, medicine, and bass. Like it's, it's changed a little bit, but like, you know, especially for a man, we have this primal energy inside of us, this claimer, this hunter, this, we even call it predator, which I say neutrally, it's not the, it's not wrong. It's actually very powerful and primordial. What, when it becomes wrong is when it comes out sideways due to repression and taboos, mainly pr propagated through religion, where you have a, a being who's a primal being forged in evolution, imbued with spirit, that has these amazing abilities to express, that includes sexually, and then you just bottle it up and you shake it up and it builds all this steam, it builds all this heat. And then you wonder why the divorce rate's over 50% and infidelity is so high. It's like, well, maybe you should have like known thyself and you get to experiment and express different sexual styles, whether that's within a, a single partner, whether that's with multiple partners or whatever it looks like. And, and it's very personal for me and my journey, you know, because I was raised Catholic in Texas, highly suppressed. I bought into celibacy. I didn't lose my virginity until I was 21. You know, I was fooling around with other stuff, but like, you know, I was so intent on purity and I went on that trip. And so now I hold a lot of compassion and, and being initiated and being a deep student of the tantric path, especially as a man. I think that, as we were discussing right before Interesting this. Interesting that you're saying that because for me, celibacy is part of the tantric path in that sense. Oh, yeah. However, it, it's like a very distinct nuance on the full spectrum of possibilities of living, right? Right. right. Yeah, very curious. I think th there's there's only the realness with one's own experience because it's not my job to explain to other human beings how they should sexually express. No, never. And it, it, it actually is almost my joy when I see someone express their fullness in a way that is respectful to me. And yeah. I, I guess like in terms of like reaching out, it doesn't go further than the invitation, right? So you're always able to stand in your sovereign no. Mm. Yeah, it generates energy actually for me. And I'm, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a sucker. I don't know if I've ever shared that before. I'm a sucker for things that generate energy. Yeah. But when something doesn't generate energy, I actually like after trying it or re realizing maybe I had to just do this. Why pay attention why to I it? Why pay attention to it? Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And you know, what you're touching on, what I was hearing you say right there is part of the, uh, the communication gets to level up as fast as our expression does. This is a key component of freedom culture for me. Because if we can't talk about it, Terrence McKenna points this out really well. We cannot inhabit a reality we cannot articulate. So if we can't talk about things, including sex, including finances in the spiritual community, including hierarchical structure and power dynamics, how the fuck are we going to anchor it in and, and be a light for humanity? And so with sex, you know, specifically, which that's the core one, I actually think sex gets to be cleared even before money. And they, they actually map onto the chakra system. I've been doing a lot of work in mystery schools with this last year. You know, this well, is where well, consent I, I, and permission I don't know. comes in. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if, if, if it is the chakra system, but for me, that's all related in a non-dual way of thinking and sure. connectively kind of cruising through the articulation of our voices, right? It's all choices. So we, we, we definitely birth into this world. And penis and vagina are certainly involved. And yeah, they're a portal. Se sex are, is the portal. And so it's beautiful to think of it because... What you're saying, if we can articulate and imagine a world that our hearts know we want to feel, then how are we even ever thinking to experience it? So in, in other words, 
Charles Eisenstein, a mutual friend of ours, kind of points that out. We're looking for the silver bullet solution right, all the time, right. the one bullet that kills the vampire. But really, we're just scratching on the surface level of our ecological crisis on the planet in 2019 so far. I think a big piece of it is the narrative and being actually able to see where the action of the now, the activism, the holistic activism, the sacred activism, the social impact businesses, where they meet the vision of the future Earth, mm. where they meet the idea, the shared collective dream of who we are as a sentient species on a sentient planet. Yes. So Kevin, this you know is my this is my vision, my my quest, my current like phase I'm in is, is to to really support this narrative strongly because I'm just so passionate about it. And I, I want to hear from you straight up. If you were to leave the now just for this very question, don't think so much about action. But if planet Earth was in 2219 right now, mm. what would you hope it would feel like? to be a human being on this planet mm. and how might, the, how, how might the surrounding look like? So beautiful. Such a powerful seed crystal of the future. I mean, I would hope that in 2,219, 200 years from this moment, that on the planet deployed in harmony with nature would be a perfectly constructed and designed golden age civilization that was planetary, that had dissolved boundaries through sex, race, class, energetic, and monetary systems that was unified and spacefaring and regenerating the planet into the Garden of Eden where primary rainforest blossomed all over every continent. The oceans were pristine. New species and old species alike were revivified. And humanity was living at its peak potential emotionally, psychologically, and spiritually. So imagine here, the here. classical Maya, Golden Age yeah. Han civilization, Rome and Greece before they fell, maybe even Lemuria and Atlantis, and a synthesis of that deployed on the planet and, and firmly holding a vision a millennia out, where they're holding the children of 3,219 firmly in their vision, and it's Ooh, guiding every wow. single decision they're making. I love that you're mentioning that piece. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's, I think that's the timeline of now. You're triggering it, it, it out of my mouth almost. It's like, we need to invest at four or five decades to flip the education system. So we have yes. children who are in tune with the visionary abilities and the telepathic and psychic abilities of humanity and the earth. So, so we can just receive the emerging future rather than try to act it into being. Yes. But when we're receiving the emerging future, we're called into action. Right, exactly. So, it's so, a paradox. Yeah, I want to hear. The paradox is always present, man. It, it seems to be a philosophical clusterfuck for a while yeah. and then once I surrendered to it I was like wow what if I'm a hypocrite what if I'm a paradox what if I'm judging people because when I judge I learn a judgment turns into discernment yes. behavior changes I'm not always perfect I fuck up quite a bit you know yeah. and it, it's painful it's, it's embarrassing it's, it's counter to the ambition that I, I, I personally experience right sure so the ambition of just joyful youthful energy wanting to be of service to this unfolding on earth is Kevin I want to drive it home with with really going deep into your current offering mm. because I know you're a powerful interpersonal wizard helping people helping people upgrade 
the jungle is <laughs> the calling peach me. The peach, the peach apples. Yes. Peaches and apples. We just had a lot of juice. It's hot. Yeah. More than 30 degrees Celsius, probably like almost 100 Fahrenheit, and Costa Rica is blessing us. Kevin, tell us about your current offering and, and what you do in the coaching world and in the podcast world and where yeah. people can find you. Well, my newest offering, which awoke yesterday morning, is conscious stand-up comedy and parody playfulness, my trickster. But um, I've, been, I've been actively coaching men and women for the last three years. Um, I'm calling myself like a high-performance flow state catalyst creator. Um, I specifically help men repair their relationships with women and also step into entrepreneurship. And I help high-powered women actually activate their divine masculine and step into calling in partners as well as holistically like upgrading their like energetic in business. So women who are already successful entrepreneurs, yeah. most of them. So that's what my private practice looks like. I'm also involved in facilitating men's work and doing men's group coaching. So I lead men's circles and do in-person men's work, which involves shadow work, breath work, ecstatic dance, celebration, and deep processing of masculine wounds. Because the, the masculine force is not toxic, it's wounded and we get to rise and so that's happening now, here and now. And another, another lifetime I live that I'm kind of living out here in Putamona is I'm, a, I'm an event MC and I'm a, I'm a vibe designer. So I can show you up in a scene. You are an event MC. You're a powerful event it. MC. I can hold it down. It's so cool because I like speaking on stages and I like, draw, like sharing wisdom, but I'm almost a little bit too uh, hummingbird energy for that at times. Like the, the panther that I can be in, like speaking of spirit animals, she shows up really for the pounce only. Mm. You know, and then I'm the, like full-on chameleon transformation into, into the butterfly. I, I love you emceeing because you're able to like nurture this container for multiple days or the, the sound or the, the mm. current narrative of it. Like you really dropped into where people are hanging out. Yeah, I like to track that. Yeah. I, I call in my dragon lion energy and like roar for freedom and can be really forceful, but also have that feminine side that wants to nurture the family into a good a good place on the narrative of the event. So I like to track and guide that. Super powerful. And I have a podcast too, which you mentioned, The Revolution, which is R in parentheses. It's all over the internet. It's, uh, it's both a revolution and an evolution. And you've been on it. And I'm stoked to release that episode. And you'll be on it again. And I hold a lot of similar values to you with this, this emerging earth and surrendering into action instead of actioning and efforting and and finding that that is ineffective because we have a lot of a lot of years of our fathers doing that and we see the results i think you just upgraded the way we use the word leadership and surrender surrender leadership just means surrender into action mm -hmm. yeah you literally just said it cool man i think there's a lot more to come uh between the two of us of sharing and sitting down maybe longer episodes that so we need at least good. two hours, Julian, to really go where we can go together. 